Hello, I'm Scarlett Douglas. And I'm Stuart Douglas. Whether you're a first-time buyer, fixing up your home, or just curious about the property scene, we've got your back. Today on Property Unlocked, we are joined by a property finder and relocation expert with over four years of experience. She has completed four renovation projects during that time with a fifth in the pipeline. And if that wasn't impressive, she also runs a development and investment company called LA London with her partner. And before you carry on, she is a fashionista. She is, and she's looking very much like how you would look, Scarlett. Literally, Lexi, you are wearing pretty much all the colours in my living room. You told me that when I came in. Like, pink. I feel like I need it everywhere. Everywhere. It's too bad my boyfriend's like, no, not having it. Ah. I know, I need to overrule. It and is. Like, <laughs> and we can't even pretend that we look glamorous because it's being filmed, the podcast. You do look, so. you look, you do look glam, and I'm loving the bright orange, Thank Scarlett. You. Like, oh, we're bringing the colour today, Thank right? you. <laughs> so it is, of course, Lexi Carducci. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. This is so exciting. This is so exciting. But I want to start off with the fact that Lexi Carducci is actually not your real name. I know. It what? sounds so different, doesn't it? Lexi Carducci is like, I don't know, what would you call it? Oh, stage name. Yeah, stage name. Stage My name? real name is Alexandra Crispin. Okay. Yeah. This is completely different. So different. We've gone from Italy yeah. straight back to England. <laughs> straight back to England. <laughs> I'm so gutted that I don't have any Italian heritage, but maybe, you know, maybe one day I'll end up there. That's the dream, right? Oh, that is. Listen, <laughs> Italy's gorgeous. So tell me, why did you change it and how did it even come about? Yeah, so my first name, I always was called Ali when I was in school, like my secondary school. I was in a tiny little school and then I went and did my A-levels at a much bigger school. There were like 300 people and we were alphabetized by first name, which is really unusual usual because in school you're normally alphabetized by surname. Yes. Mm -hmm. So there were other Alexes and Allies and Alices and it got so complicated that every time we'd be in a class they'd be like oh what do you think Ali and like five people would answer and I was like no 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 like the one and only. Yeah. So then I literally googled what can you shorten Alexandra to and it came up with it was between Sandy and Lexi. So I could have been a Sandy. Sandy. Been a Sandy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you chose Lexi. <laughs> hey, hey, any Sandys any out Sandys, there, we love yeah. the name. We do. But it I was do the like potential. It, it was on the cards. <laughs> so I picked Lexi and went in the next day and was like, right, I'm now Lexi, yeah. by the way. And it took so much getting used to because I'd walk down the street. I grew up in Torquay. It's tiny. Like, everyone knows each other. Mm -hmm. So I'd be walking down the street and people would be like, oh, Ali. Oh, sorry. They'd be like, oh, Lexi. And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, wait, no, that's me that's now. You now. Yeah, like, okay. <laughs> that is you now. And then the Carducci? The Carducci came from various different things. I guess one of them was that I worked for a company once and on my LinkedIn, they didn't want... Because I've done like pageants and like, you know, like bits and bobs mm. with singing and music and whatever. And this particular person didn't want my LinkedIn contain all of that and I was like oh. I'm not going to change all of that and no. I was like well I'll just change my name then like it's fine oh, <laughs> so that okay. was that so then that's where I got the surname from but it actually I knew that I wanted to change it but it came from a trip that we did to Italy and there's the poet I can't remember his first name I want to say it's like George right <laughs> we'll say it's George yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I believe you Giorgio right <laughs> yeah. Giorgio Carducci I'm gonna say correct me if I'm wrong but there were like nine of us on this trip and we went to this lovely little Italian square and there were the, all these statues of the Carducci family. So my family and I were like, oh, it's like us. Like, we'll have our picture taken by them. And then my aunt was like, oh, you know, Lexi Carducci actually sounds really good. It and does. I was like... Yeah, it does. Guess yes. who's in the market for a new name? <laughs> <laughs> and then here you are. And here we are, yeah. I love that. It's a powerful name. It is. I, it's different, right? Yeah, I like it. So when you was a Crispin, correct? You lived in Torquay. Yeah. 
What are your memories of living there in your first home? So I've pretty much grown up in just one house. It's a beautiful Art Deco, like 1930s house. And I love it. I'm obsessed with Art Deco. So are my mum and dad, particularly my dad. Like everything inside our house has something to do with Art Deco, whether wow. it's the clock, whether it's a like a picture that's up. Yeah, it's definitely got a running theme. What I would love to do with that house, though, is completely turn it into something like, you know, one of the modern Art Deco yeah. houses yeah. with all the glass. Yeah. Really open it up and make it open plan because it's very, I guess, in the 1930s, things were very boxy. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got a kit, separate kitchen, separate dining room, separate lounge. Mm -hmm. And if you could just take those walls well, I through. bet they wouldn't <gasps> let you. Well, maybe it's not listed or anything, but I don't know what the supporting issues might be with those. With but are those your parents ones. still there? Yeah. yeah they, I'm, no, when I'm, they I'm, let I'm, you. No, oh, like you're parents. talking about my parents. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, parents. no, no. They're not having any of No. <laughs> no. Like my parents, they're still in the house that we grew up in. And <laughs> if I had my way, I would probably knock it down and start again. Yeah. But we would change it. And they are not having... Any of it. Any of it. Any of it. I no. know. No. People do get very attached, don't they? And yeah. I think that's one of the things, like, we always talk about property, not making decisions with emotion. Mm. So, yeah, it took us 20 years to change the yellow carpet. <laughs> wow. Yeah. To yeah. what colour? It's now cream. It, okay. lo it looks really cute. It's nice. Okay. I mean, it's still carpet. Yeah. Should have gone for the wood floor. Personal opinion, just what I'm saying. <laughs> well, to be fair, I think, what, last year was the first time mum and dad had carpet removed from the toilet and bathroom in our no house. Way. Yeah. yeah. We finally got tiles. Oh, yeah. how there. nice. I know, I know. <laughs> what was the carpet colour before? Because it's always like... It was like no, a beige. No, no, no. They had the burgundy. Oh, the burgundy. Yeah. No, but that was the burgundy, you know, like the toilet protector. What, yeah. I don't even know what they're called. Oh, what yeah. are, are those things? Toilet who, yeah, invented, like, <laughs> who invented <laughs> carpets that go around idea? the toilet? <laughs> it makes no sense. To warm your feet up. That should be banished forever. Banned, gone. So you were always influenced by property then. Your parents obviously had an Art Deco house and you had those influences as you were younger. But previously you said you danced then you sang so yeah. how did you tell me your journey from that to property yeah. so I guess like mum and dad don't really other than owning that property and, and really loving it growing up they don't actually have anything else to do with property so I wasn't ever looking necessarily going down a property route and then I studied at a place called Tech Music School which is now BIM in Fulham yeah I did a vocals kind of degree there I think it was called like popular music performance or something like that and it was based in Acton, but because it wasn't necessarily part of a big university, you didn't have halls of residence. You were given, like, I guess, a budget, like a student loan to rent privately. So I got together with two other girls and we went out to look at properties one Saturday. And one of the estate agents that we met is now my boyfriend. And oh, we okay. rented a property through right. him. No yeah, way. his estate agency skills worked. He's Clearly. very good. Massively upsold us. <laughs> like, massively upsold us. We were looking for a three-bedroom furnished apartment. Mm -hmm. Let's say it was like 2000 a month. He took us to a four-bedroom unfurnished house <gasps> for two five. And we went and with it. We were it. like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll okay, yeah, yeah, we'll have it. We'll Absolutely have it. loved it. And then I got into agency because I started dating him. Okay. I came out of uni didn't have a job like Scott you know it's such a, it's a tough industry it's isn't very it? hard oh my gosh yeah yeah I and don't know if I could do it again <laughs> <laughs> well you smashed it so I'm sure you could slip right back in but it is tough to crack mm. and I think you're lucky if you leave uni doing something like that with a job so I was like right I need to earn some money I need to do something so I just started working for my boyfriend as an estate agent really mm. which was a really good learning ground and I think for anyone that 
says, I want to get into property and just learn the ropes, go and be an estate agent for a year. Like you learn so much, like technicalities, just about how the industry works, working with bigger developers so you can see what they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. I have a son who would like to follow in my footsteps and get into property. But I'm not going to let him just like jump into where I'm at now. No, you have to earn your stripes. Mm. And I said to him, go and work at an estate agency. Learn your trade because that's a great way to start. 100%. And you don't need any skill set. I mean, you do, but you don't need any accreditations to do Mm. it. What is funny is that I always tell prospective buyers, make friends with estate agents. Yes. Yes, I've never told anyone to date an estate agent. You went one step further. Let me get my pen and paper. Yeah, yeah. But it clearly works. <laughs> if anyone's listening out there and you fancy your estate agent, you but, might be able to date them. So you Ask obviously... them on a date. <laughs> yeah. Take so you it from are, us. <laughs> it works. 11 years, you said you've been together yeah. for? Listen, the proof is in the pudding. Um, or oh, the proof is in the property. Oh. 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 Yeah. No, is that Show idea. Write yeah. it down, write it down. Let's continue. <laughs> okay, let's move on. So you were an estate agent for how many years? Uh, so I was there for about, well, it was between like six months and a year. Okay. Probably six or nine months that I was yeah. there. I guess I left for two reasons. One was that I literally sat across from my boyfriend every day. I mean, for some people it works, doesn't it? Like if you work with someone and live with them, people spend their lives doing that. It's great. And if it works for you, brilliant. It did not work for us. Like <laughs> we would get home at the end of the day and I'd just sit and look at him and be like, I don't really have anything to say. Because <laughs> I see you all day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I just, one reason was because of that. And then also I kind of went into a state agency not knowing anything mm. and thought that as an estate agent, you were there to work for the people that are looking for property and you're not working for the landlord or the vendor. Obviously, it's the complete opposite way around. So I went in thinking, you know, I'm going to help people find a property. But actually, that's not necessarily the case. And I do remember a specific incident with a lady and her daughter. And she found this lovely place. It was like 1200 a month. She was a single parent. She was really sweet. She was so excited. She couldn't afford the 1200 She wanted to put in like, I think it was like 1150 1125 something. Went back to the office. And it wasn't my boyfriend. It was manager that was there. And said, look, I've got an offer. Like, really excited about it. And he was like, I'll phone her and tell her that we've got another asking price offer. And I'm like, <laughs> do we? And he's like, no, but we, you know, our landlord's not going to take anything under that. So just go back and tell her that. And we need to get it up to 1200. I was like, I'm not doing it like you do it. Oh, <laughs> oh, see, right, that's yeah. so harsh. And I think as well, without being horrible, that is kind of why estate agents do yeah, end up bad getting rep. Yeah. a bad rep. So how did you deal with that? Did you ever have that on you? And what do you really think about estate agents? Obviously, knowing that your partner is an estate <laughs> agent. Um, what do you think about that? We always say being in the industry that once you find a good estate agent, you don't let them go. You want to keep going back and working with them. And when I work as a property finder, if I've dealt with someone, I think, oh, they've done a really good job. They've really looked after me. They've looked after my client. They've been honest. You just get a good like gut feeling from them. Then you go back and work with them. I do think there's a lot of agents that kind of they get by knowing that people are going to rent a property or buy a property and they don't need to put a lot of work in. Probably won't last a long time in the industry, but it is an industry where there's quite a lot of high turnover. So I can see why they get a bad reputation. But we've also got to remember that as an estate agent, a lot of them are on quite low salaries Mm -hmm. and working on commission basis. So, of course, to put food on the table, you're going to have to be a little bit ballsy, I guess, Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. I've dealt with numerous estate agents over the years and you can see the professional ones from the amateur ones a mile away. And a good friend of this particular show, David Ramadin, is a franchise holder of Hunters in Forest Hill. And 
his approach to a state agency, in my opinion, is what it should be. He's very much client-based, client-focused, but he also knows that there's a two-way development here. There's a two-way process between potential buyer and seller. And if you get that right, then you're onto a good thing. The problem that I find with some estate agents is that they often put those against one another and they play games. And that's not the way to go. I think you have to be transparent, open, honest, and the best estate agents are. Because when I'm buying, I want to know the good and the bad. I don't want to know the good, the good, the good, and then five months down the line, something comes up. And I think that the best estate agents think about the buyer and the seller. And I know that Dave, he's definitely one of those. So, so true. And I think on the other foot as well, I think a lot of people, when they're looking to buy, they go in automatically with this kind of barrier up thinking that the agent's going to be a stereotypical estate agent mm. or, you know, whatever we deem that to be and almost go in aggressively anyway, expecting them to act like that, which is such a shame. And I think, you know, I've done so many posts about your estate agent being your best friend and you have to be nice to them like at the end yeah. of the day they are the person that is sitting there between yourself and the landlord or the vendor whether you're looking to rent or buy and if they don't like you sometimes it's not about what money you can offer it's if you're not a good person people aren't going to go out of their way to help you you worked as an estate agent and then you realized that it was more focused on the seller rather than the potential buyer and you personally wasn't comfortable with that you decided to leave so then what did you do from there yeah so in the estate agency that I worked in at my boyfriend's company yeah. Aston Row in Acton <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so when I was working there we dealt a lot with relocation agents so basically a relocation agent for anyone that doesn't necessarily know what one is is a company that looks after big corporate companies so banks tech companies social media companies that are bringing people into london to work for them the people that are coming in are offered support to help find them a property which a lot of the time they're given a budget by the company as part of a relocation package so within that they'll ship furniture here they'll sort out bringing their pets here and they sort out getting them a property so then a relocation agent is brought in to basically do a load of research based on what that person is looking for and take them out to see five six seven properties in a day obviously that number is a lot lower right now because <laughs> that's just not the stock uh, but we used to try and aim to show people like eight in a day just take them out and get it all done in one day most of them are looking for rentals so 90% of my work is people that are looking for rental properties in London. Yeah, and so I reached out to a couple of relocation companies that were based in areas that I really liked to work in. <laughs> yeah. I guess you got it, like, there's so many of them. You're like, okay, how do I whittle these? Picked a few of them, sent out just a, like, email, a little CV, and a guy came back to me that ran a company in Fulham. He was such a nice guy, so chilled, and, like, you can probably tell I'm one of those people that is very not a corporate person. <laughs> um, and he was exactly like that he was like coming for coffee it was really chilled it was really relaxed and he just started this company from previously he owned a recruitment company so he didn't have any estate agency experience necessarily so he wanted to bring someone in that had worked in the industry so that's where I came in and I gradually helped him like build this company we employed my cousin we employed other people and now he looks after one of the biggest social media companies which is massive and I still work freelance for him oh, wow. um, and I worked for him for about three years and yeah he's done incredibly well like it's such a good company you know I really have the pleasure of still working with them which is very nice 
But I kind of got to a point where I was just burning out. I didn't have any free time. Mm. It was like I was running the company because like, we kind of were. There was just like the two of us that headed it up. I was doing everything from going out to finding new business, doing all the accounts, taking people out, doing all the research, doing all the negotiating, trying to get people schooling, trying to like all of the things that came with it, trying to help people set up bank accounts, get their visas sorted. And it just became too much and I was it kind of got to the point where okay do I want to step up in the company or do I want to completely step back and I decided to just go freelance like the bit that I really enjoyed was helping people find a mm. home so I was like that's the bit I want to focus on so yeah I went freelance and I work for various different companies doing the same job yeah it must be so fulfilling as well though just finding someone their home yeah I, I guess you have so much experience with that as well yeah like, and it, it's, it's a, a good, good feeling, feeling. It really is a good feeling. And I think people do forget that you have a house, but you have to make a house a home. And that's what Stuart and I try and do when we do our developments. We don't just want to flip something and just sell it on. We actually want to make it cosy and welcoming and somewhere that someone wants to come into and really enjoy and be proud of. And I think that's so important. But you actually, you get to do that as well, but kind of on a different scale. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, it's so, so much fun. And like the guy that I was out with today, he was so nice. We were looking for two beds in Wimbledon. And he was like, honestly, at the beginning of this, when my company offered this to me, I was thinking, why do I need this service? Like, you know, I'm sure I could find a property. And he was like, coming out with you today, he was like, I just, I can't do this without you. Like, I'm so oh. pleased that I was offered this service. Yeah, and he's found a property that he really likes. And great. Happy days. So <laughs> Happy he, was, days. he was fortunate enough to have you by his side, using your experience and showing him what to do. For everyone who's listening who hasn't got Alexi Carducci with them, what would you tell them to do? Should they be looking for? How should they act with estate agents or people that may be selling their houses? Like, what yeah. tips would you give them? So I would say, like, first things first, get yourself organised, whether you're looking to rent, whether you're looking to buy, before you even go out and start looking. Like, it's so tempting to get on these portals. I spend my life on property portals just browsing. And before you get too excited and start booking and viewings here, there and everywhere, get all your ducks in a row. So if you're looking to rent, well, anything that they're going to need for renting. So they might need three months bank statements and just making sure everything like that is in order, that you've been working for that company for three months. Otherwise, if you're a student or you're someone that's just moved to the country and you don't have that credit. You may be asked to pay monies up front. Do you have that money up front? Just making sure all of that's organised. Having, I would say to people, if they're renting, have a little bio. Like, I think that's such a nice little touch that you can actually say to a landlord, okay, this is why I'm moving. This is where I'm coming from. Even these are my hobbies. These are the schools my kids are going to. You don't know where you're going to you know, something in common yeah. with a landlord. Mm. And that's a massive thing. The amount of time where I've written a bio for one of my renters and, you know, we've put, oh, their kids are going to this school. We suddenly get a call from the agent being like, oh, they want to go with your clients. Their kids go to the same school. Like, or, you know, these people have relocated from Australia and it's like, oh, the landlord actually has a home in Australia or they were originally mm. from Australia. And it's these little things that, little connections that can sometimes put you ahead of the game. So that's like the renting side of things, the buying side of things having everything organized with your mortgage like I think a lot of people go out there and start looking and put even put offers forward and then the agent's like where's your mortgage and principal and they're like oh we haven't actually applied for that yet and you're like 
okay, particularly now. I mean, they, mm. they pulled a load of mortgages a couple of weeks ago. I get like, they're back now, but things can change very quickly. It can take a long time with loads of people trying to get through the system. So yeah, having all your ducks in a row, you obviously get a mortgage. You want to have those three month good income. Make sure that your spending is, I guess, limited and just pre-planning these things. Don't go out and buy yourself a brand new car, you know, a couple of months before you're looking to buy a property because it'll, you know, flag up that, okay, maybe you're a bad spender or mm, or mm. you haven't paid off bills or things like that. So just getting all your ducks in a row before you even start looking. And then I guess registering with agents, like the property portals are brilliant. They are great. They're what so many people use to find a property, whether it's to rent or to buy. But at the end of the day, so much stock doesn't make it to those portals. So you don't know what you're missing out on. A lot of the time, and again, not saying agents necessarily do it on purpose, I'm sure there's some that do, will leave up adverts to just entice people to call them and you call up and it's gone. And in this market, agents just are avoiding putting things on the portals because they know they're going to get inundated with calls. So registering and calling up and actually having a conversation with your local agents. And like we said before, being their best friend, mm. getting to know them, being nice to them, taking the time to you know appreciate they're a human as well. They're doing their job and yeah, just approaching it with a little bit of friendliness, I guess. Yeah, I think that's super important. In fact, I was very lucky because the place that I've now got is because I'd made friends with an estate agent in the local area. So it's literally round the corner from my mum and dad's house. Anytime I was away filming, my mum or dad would speak to him and he'd take them out and show them some places. No, it's not quite right, not quite right. And I remember him calling and saying, right, I've got one. It's not on the market yet, but I'm going to have the photos taken today. If you can come round and see it, and if you like it, then we can go from there. And I remember my dad went there first because he was a lot closer than I was at the time. And he's like, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. And I went and I went in. I was like, yeah, I love it. Tell the photographer he doesn't even need to come in. I'm happy to go with it. Here's my offer. Take it or leave it. This is as high as I'm going. You know I'm good to go because I had a mortgage ready anyway, as you said, make sure you're prepared. And it all happened so quickly. I think in the space of half an hour, the offer I'd put forward was accepted and then everything just kind of kept going and, and that was it. So it's so important to make friends. I mean, you're pretty much best friends with Dave now yeah. and that came from a property deal. So it's super, super important to do that, I think. Yeah, for sure. And I guess like there's so many stories that I know of like that where you've just picked something up before it's even come to the market mm. or agents will know that on their books, okay, we've got, they'll pretty much, a property can come on and they'll go to that person, that person, that person, let's get them in to see it. We don't need to even put it online and it'll be gone before even the pictures are taken before any floor plans are done. So again, like, don't be scared if an agent says to you, we've just taken on this brand new property. A lot of my clients are like, oh, I want to see pictures before I go and see it. And I'm like, no, 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 we're no going time. to see it. Like, yeah. you're in my car now, we're going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, because you just have to, you have to grab that opportunity. Don't be scared by seeing something that doesn't have pictures. Equally, don't be put off by the pictures until you go out on viewings. You don't really know the feel of a place. You can sit there and think, oh, no, I don't like that. But at the end of the day, there's no feeling like actually walking into a property and thinking, this is for me, I can make this work. Or actually, no, this isn't for me. So it works both ways, doesn't it? I love the fact that you said don't be put off by photos, but also that could work the other way around. Be very wary because some photos can be taken from a great angle. Mm -hmm. A room might look a lot more spacious. It might look a lot better in a photo than in real life. So it is super important, in my opinion, if you can, to go and view somewhere or if you can't get somebody else to. I do know a lot of people 
five places without actually viewing, I feel like those people have a lot more experience. But there is something to be aware of, I'd say, as well. Would you agree? Yeah, 100%, definitely. And, like, go out there and view because there's no better way to understand the market mm. than to get out there and go and see a load of properties. Once you've seen 10 of them, even if you don't take one of them, let's not waste any estate agent's time. <laughs> I know they hate it. But, you know, even if you don't take one of them, you yourself are going to have such a better understanding of the market. Mm. And then when you see the right property, you're going to be like, okay, I can now kind of gauge that, yeah, this is in the right price bracket and a decent location, right size. And I guess answering your question earlier as well, Stuart, with people thinking about, you know, before I look for a property to rent or buy, is to literally list all those things that you want from a property. And I think we all know that you're never going to find the perfect place. Very hard to tick 10 out of 10 boxes. So have a word with yourself and manage your own expectations. Like That's such a key part yeah. of my role as a property finder. To not, you know, I'm not there to tell people, no, you can't have that. But to just think, okay, you might need to open the area up a little bit more. Otherwise, we're going to be really limited with stock. And it comes down to that area versus price versus space versus specification. You know, put those in order. What's most important? important to you you can't have it all but you can make or create the perfect property yeah. well property unlocked it's a podcast for everyone and we focused on the buyer but you're in a position where you deal with buyer and seller so let's go to the seller now a lot of people are looking at alternative ways to sell their property i've always sold through an estate agent primarily hunters because that's the franchise that my very good friend owns. And it's worked very well for me. But there are now online agents. People are even selling their houses themselves. What's your view on this new wave of selling houses? Yeah, I think that there's so many different websites or different companies now that you can sell your property through. Strike, Agreed. I just did all their videos and they're a great company, new to the market, kind of got a bit of a fresh approach to things. Open Rent. I've rented most of my properties through Open Rent and just handle it myself. I think it could definitely be done that you don't actually need an estate agent and you can rent or sell your home yourself 100%. I think if you have any doubt in your mind thinking, oh, I don't necessarily think I can do that, then you won't be able to do it. I think it takes a lot of experience, a lot of your time, even though you can kind of pick as and when to have viewings. Sometimes if the market's not great, you're going to have to be a little bit flexible. Can you work around work? Can you get out of other things that you need to do to be there to do all the viewings? And as much as a website can guide you through all those things, the first time you're selling a property, I'd still probably say use an estate agent. I do think they're there for a reason. If you find a good one, they know what they're doing and they just handle everything for you. However, if you've had the experience and you kind of know how the industry works, then why not sell it yourself? You're going to save a massive chunk of money. We used to put all of our rental properties on open rent and you'd have, you could be a bit more picky as well. So, you know, kind of sounds bad, but also it's a business at the end of the day. You've got to do a bit of time saving. So you can look down the list of who's applied if 40 people have emailed you you can go right okay those 10 I think would make good tenants and show those 10 you know a little bit more about the people that are moving in which is sometimes if you don't get a great estate agent you don't actually know who's moving into your property are they going to be the best tenant um, it's quite nice to meet people face to face if they're going to be renting your property or even buying them you as the person that owns the property is the person that's going to know it the best so you can almost sell it a little bit more personally mm. because you can tell the stories of you know oh it's lovely on a Saturday morning the sun comes right in that door there and I sit out with my coffee like an agent's not going to know that so there's definitely 
pros to being able to sell or rent your own property. And I think if you know what you're doing, go for it. I think you could save a lot of money. Yeah, I think you're right. I also know through your socials, not only are you a property finder, but you're also into interior design and renovations. So are you working on anything now? I am. I've just had my biggest project approved, finally, <laughs> after four years of going through planning. It's been a nightmare. Well, well, wait a minute. Four years? Yeah. We had two rejections. One time we had to go to planning committee. We had to... I'll tell you the full story, shall I? <laughs> we can grab our tea and have a little chat about this one. <laughs> Let's do that. I'm so proud of this property. So basically, we bought a property to live in on a road in Chiswick in West London. Every day, we used to walk past this little bungalow at the end of our street. It was so overgrown. The windows were smashed. It was just completely derelict. No one was living there. And at one night on the way back from the pub, my boyfriend and I probably did something that I won't recommend to other people to do, but we walked into the grounds of the property. Not supposed to do it, but hey-ho, no one was living there. <laughs> Walked round the back, found an estate agency board that hadn't been up. It was just round the back from Barnard Marcus. Called them the next day to just see what was going on with this property. And basically the story was that a developer had had it under offer for 18 months, subject to planning. The person that was selling it was selling it on behalf of their sister who needed to move into a home. So they were getting a little bit desperate for the money. They really wanted it gone. They'd been messed around for the last 18 months. So we just came in and said, OK, look, we couldn't match the price that the developers had paid. So we came in, it was like 25 grand under what they'd done. This is the maximum we can do, but we can buy it now. Like, we're ready to go. Mm. And so he pulled out of the other offer. Oh, and wow. took hours. Amazing. Yeah. So that's just a little bit of, yeah. you know, just using people skills and going like the extra mile to try and yeah. not say you need to climb fences and get into properties, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, trying to find the story behind a property. Fortune favours the brave, right? Yeah, right. And sometimes exactly. when you take risks, yes. that they come off. And I always say that because if you didn't do that, somebody eventually would do that. A hundred percent. And I think it's one of those things, if you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah. Like if some people would be like, oh, well, if they've got a higher offer, there's no way they're going to take mine. But actually, like we said before, it's not necessarily money that is a driving factor in a lot of people's decision making. So, yeah, so that was that. And then, of course, you can access planning. So we basically had 18 months worth of free plans that had been done by these other developers mm. that we could then give to an architect and be like, OK, what do you think we need to do here based on what they've been projected on all these times what do we need to do to just get something on this land so within six months we actually had planning agreed to knock down the whole property and put up a villa of five flats mm. which was great so we were kind of thinking oh this is good like we'll go ahead with that then we loved living there so much that we actually thought hmm a lot of the objections that we got were from the fact that there were going to be five new properties it's a very there'd probably be two lots of flats on that street. It's mostly houses. So a lot of people didn't want a lot of flats. It doesn't necessarily matter how many objections you get on a property. We had 47. If they're not relevant, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter. Mm. So I guess that's a big thing when it comes to planning and, and it's a box ticking exercise. But yes, yeah, so we got all that through. And then we decided, actually, we want to live here and to have a house for ourselves plus some flats. So we tried to like reconfigure the whole thing 
to make it work a bit better for us. We then went in to put in a basement just on the house level side so that we could have it for the house. We got rejected on that for numerous different reasons. But again, based on that, you can kind of see, okay, they give you feedback. This is why it hasn't been accepted. So you just, you know, either appeal it or you can put in new plans. Okay, it costs you a little bit of money. But yes, we based on the planning committee's decision and their feedback, we could then go back in with a brand new set of plans for the basement and it finally got approved. So so excited. So we've now got three bedroom house on one side and then three flats on the other side. And have you met your neighbour? Are they talking to you or anything? No. (laughs) (laughs) They're not. They are not talking to us. Um, But but there's only one neighbour that's not talking to us. You don't really know who the other people that had an issue with it. But we removed a lot of things from our plans that, you know, moving the boiler flues to the back so that they didn't go head towards the direction of the neighbours. Moving the, like, sewerage, which actually currently goes under the neighbour's property which we didn't realise until they'd flagged it up. And we were like, well, actually, that's not a great thing. I wouldn't like that Mm -hmm. to necessarily happen. So that will be part of our plans to change that. Removing windows from that side. So we've given a lot, but sometimes that's the thing to do, isn't it? Like, if you want to get something through, there's no point in, like, going at it like a battle. Sometimes you have to give on things. And also bake some cake. I was going to say donuts. (laughs) Everyone loves donuts. Bake some cake, knock on the doors, hand them in. So do you mind me asking a personal question about that property? Yeah. The three flats that you've got, are you going to rent them or sell them? So we're actually going to rent them. We've looked up so many different ways to get this through and and what it kind of works out as each kind of, if we were going to sell it or if we were going to rent them. We think we'll be able to keep hold of them. And then one of them, the top one, I'll probably use as a kind of short-term accommodation. Obviously, Airbnb in London, you can only do the 90 days. So it gets a little bit tricky. But that's the plan for that one. We're a two-minute walk to Chiswick Station. So it's really, really useful to get into town. I want to make it like quite warehouse conversion with Lovely. exposed beams, which obviously won't be there, but you, yeah. you yeah. create Get the, the idea exposed of it. beam look. I like you've got in the studio here with exposed brick. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. So that's the kind of look that I want to go for for that one. And then the other two, yeah, we'll rent them out. But the GDV of like the whole development yes. will fingers crossed if we get everything right be 3.5 million wow. which wow. is very yeah which will be our biggest development yeah all for climbing through bushes all through climbing through the bushes <laughs> I mean that's incredible I've got to say and we can talk about the design of it all day and how you're going to do the interiors because I'm sure it's going to be amazing but for people that are listening they're not even at that point yet what would you say to them if they wanted to start, maybe even as a property finder, what's the first thing that they should do? Yeah, so again, I think it goes back to what we said about learning your trade. I highly recommend like anyone that wants to get into property to go into a state agency as a first point of call. I know that so many estate agents are looking for people. Um, so definitely, even if you do have six months, like to just get a foot in the door and understand how things work is absolutely key. You could apply straight away to work at relocation agencies, not necessarily going out with people, but doing the admin, handling all the offers, speaking with the clients that are going to be coming over. That could definitely be a good first point of call. And then if you want to get involved more in the developing side, there's degrees that you could do in developing. My boyfriend did one, I can't remember what university it was at, but he did all online. So he didn't even have to go in anywhere. You just do it as an online course. Yeah. And I think just if you didn't want to work in an estate agency 
people facing to do property management or like Mm. the admin side of things. Property management is personally, I would find a horrible job because you're dealing with complaints, sorting out everything from tenancies, but you don't learn a lot. I mean, you do learn a lot. You learn so much from doing that job. Not everyone's favourite job to do, but you'll learn how to deal with tenants. You'll learn how to deal with things going wrong, which is bound to happen somewhere. (laughs) Unfortunately, in property, there's always something that goes wrong, isn't Mm -hmm. there? If you're really struggling with funds, why not look at other property developers that are doing what you want to do? Either ask if they can mentor you. A lot of people love to help other people out. And, you know, there's so many people out there that will do site visits, go and learn on the job. Find yourself a mentor that's doing what you're doing. Ask them how they got there. Like, don't be afraid to ask questions. And you can even invest money instead of leaving it in a savings account or in the bank into other developers' projects for a much higher return. Every time I don't have a development project going on that I need to put money into myself, every £5,000 that sits in my account I put into one of my boyfriend's projects and you're getting 10% return on it every year which is much more than you're getting in any bank yeah Yeah, without a doubt definitely well that leads on very nicely to a lovely game we like to play (laughs) oh I love a game (laughs) and it's called best and worst (laughs) so did you like that hang on you didn't even acknowledge my little you know I I actually ignored the theme tune oh there was a reason why you did it that was on purpose yeah okay fine it wasn't a great theme tune oh great okay carry on anyway back back to (laughs) best or worst (laughs) (laughs) so Lexi Carducci Lexi Carducci what was your best and worst property investment oh Okay, it's funny because my worst property investment is actually my favourite. Oh, <laughs> explain! It's the only one that I've got money left in. I think I've got twelve and a half thousand pounds sat in that property, and I love to be able to get all my money out. So you'd think it should have worked out really well because it was basically a studio flat, a big studio flat. It was like forty-seven square meters. It was like a one bed all yeah, day easily, long, easily. basically. Yeah, easy, easy. But it was technically a studio flat. Bought that and actually turned it into a three bed by going up into the loft. And yeah, it we just overspent, massively right. overspent. When we went to refinance it, the valuation wasn't as high as we wanted it to be. Yeah, so ended up with money left in it. It was something that I went into with my dad. So I felt like, okay, well, I'll pay him back all his money because he deserves <laughs> it and I'll take a hit. So yeah, ended up leaving money in that property. But things that I learned from that is that If you're waiting for planning, because I lost out on a lot of money then because I didn't put anyone in it whilst we were going through planning. That's six months of Mm. paying a mortgage, paying, well, I guess utilities aren't going to be huge at all because no one's living there, but still... Yeah. Council tax, yeah, all of that has to be paid But the good thing it. is, Lexi, like the mistakes that we've all, and we've all made mistakes. Yeah. Let's not pretend that we haven't. We all have. And quite often in property developing, it doesn't go to plan. So the normal trajectory is up and down. But eventually you get there. But the fact that you've made these mistakes, we've made mistakes, hopefully the listeners won't make the same mistakes. And if they do, they understand that it's part of the course. Mm -hmm. It happens. And if we can help the listeners, maybe be a bit more cautious in their approach, or maybe like you say, if they're waiting for planning, get someone in. Make sure you've got some money coming in. Then this 
podcast in itself served its purpose. 100%. And I think I just wish, you know, 10 years ago before I started getting involved in property that I listened to things like this or there were these resources out there. Nowadays, you can find so much out online. You can listen to podcasts. It's brilliant. Yeah. I'm like, oh, why didn't I do this 10 <laughs> years ago? Why didn't I start putting money into property 10 years ago? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's really frustrating but here we are hindsight right at least you started yeah, as long as you started yeah and, and it's best, never too late no the best investment you made the best investment right i'm gonna look at my notes here because i do i thought i'd run you actually yeah. through the numbers of my best investment yeah, because it's do. one that exchanged on tuesday oh. this week which is super exciting it's a property in brook green purchased it at three hundred seventy-five thousand as a one bedroom flat i've got a little tour over on my socials okay put a tenant in it this time because you learned. Yeah, yeah learned that lesson. <laughs> uh, got planning permission on that. And then we actually, again, similarly to the studio flat, I guess that was a little practice, yes. but went up into the loft space. The loft space came with the property, oh, with perfect. this one, which perfect. was ideal. Yeah. So went up into the loft space, turned that into a three bedroom. So it basically, it used to have big lounge, a big bedroom and a big kitchen. So in that space, they are now the three bedrooms and then up in the loft space are the kitchen reception. Oh, clever. Um, yeah. yeah. And then there's a, the, we made a little ensuite and took space for a bathroom on the lower floor as well. And then put a lovely kind of kitchen, open plan kitchen reception upstairs. And it's the first property. This is why it's good to push with planning. Yes. We didn't think we'd get this, but we thought we'd try. First property on that street to have a whole wall of bifolding doors on the Ooh. top floor. Oh, wow. Now we've set the precedence. Yes. Right? Wow. <laughs> um, so that was bought at Three, where are my notes here? Sorry. Oh, three, seven, five, one bed flat. Our deposit on that was 93,750. Stamp duty and legals, always yeah. something to consider. Yes. I think that's another like really quick lesson on the side here. Yeah. If you're going to be investing in property, it's not just buying the property. There's no. all the other fees that come with it. The agency fees down the other end mm -hmm. when you're looking to yep. sell it or rent it out, unless you do it yourself, like yep. we just said. Um, so yeah, that's another point. So stamp duty, legals, that was about 20000 The works there cost 250000 to do. Right. Um, but we actually funded that through investors. Yes. So, and then we've just returned the money afterwards. But at the end of that, we spent a total of 645000 It took 18 months, which included the planning, put a tenant in for about six of those months, right. I would say, maybe six to nine months. Yeah, yeah and we just sold it for 900000 So that was a profit of 255 Congratulations. Wow. Yeah. Oh, look and then that. different people work on different, I guess, basis. So, I mean, here I've got that was as a percent profit of the GDV yeah. was 28%, and the profit, like percent profit of the cost was 39%. Right. Some people don't necessarily go off that. I don't know what you guys do when you're doing your properties, yeah. but I've met people that are like, I don't care about that. I just know that I want to make this amount of money yeah. and I'm not bothered about percentages. Yeah, for me, it is the percentage. And I'm more of the money, but you're the yeah, percentage man, it, aren't it, you? It's all about, if you've got four million and you can invest four million and you make a million, you've had to find four million. If you've got 400,000 and you make 100,000, it's far easier to find 400,000. And for me, it's always about the percentage. So I always try and work it out. Like, what would I get in a bank? I need to make sure that I definitely better that. And your ROI is super important. GDV, super important. What I have got is a minimum. So in my head, I will say, if I'm not getting a minimum of this, regardless of the percentage, I don't want to do it. Because mm, it's not okay. worth my time mm -hmm. and my effort. If I can surpass that, then I'll do it. I may surpass it tenfold, great. 
I may just surpass it. For me, that's how I work. Yeah, because I guess like when we do ours, to get either of those percentages between 20 and 30% is probably where most people work. Yeah. yeah. And that's brilliant. That's a, an unbelievable return. And I think that what you've done, the, the skill for me, and this is why I think we've been very successful in what we've done, is that we're able to see a property and see past what it is in its current state. Not everyone can do that. A lot of people see it and they think, oh, the kitchen's there, but they believe the kitchen has to stay there. It doesn't. Like what you've done, you've changed it around and your living room is now in the, the, the top level. Upside the loft. down, yeah. Um, the, the house that I'm in at the moment, I moved my kitchen because where it was when I bought it, it wasn't in the best place for me in the house. So I think that it's a skill. You can learn it. Some people are blessed with it, but you can learn it. And it's trying to see what you can do with the space, not necessarily the layout, because the layout can always change. And I think that obviously you have a skill in doing that. I have one more question for you, Lexi. Oh, yes, fire Now, away. <laughs> have a little bit of fun with this one. It is a best and worst question. Who, and it's a who this time, Ooh. who was your best and worst client Ooh. and why? Ooh. You don't have to name Michelle, by no, the way. No, I, I won't name <laughs> Best client. I have so many amazing clients. I really, really do. And I think any client that really sees... The value in me as a property finder is always so nice to hear. Like even the guy that I was out with today, just the fact that he was like, oh, you know, I'd recommend this to anyone. This has saved me so much time. It saved me so much hassle. You know, we've had a really fun day. I would say if the day's been enjoyable and productive, we're all good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I've had so many really, really lovely clients. I don't think I've necessarily had like bad clients because I understand that, you know, if I've ever had a client you know, not being super friendly or something like that, they're making a massive move. Like a lot of my clients are coming from different countries. Sometimes they are coming for not out of their choice. You know, they've been told that they're moving countries or maybe they're moving with a partner and the partner doesn't necessarily want to move. So, or their children don't want to move. So there's a lot of moving parts and I get that it can be stressful. So I do understand that. But how about I tell you a like worst day out? Like okay, things that have gone yeah, okay, wrong. Okay. How about that instead? I'm given, I'm given. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was recently, actually, in fact, I've got two stories, like so much happens on my day outs. But one of them, we were in a property that just had this like brand new bathroom installed. And the agent was like, oh, it's got like a really fancy toilet. And it's got all these buttons, like it does all these different things. And my client's like, how much can a toilet do? Like, okay, so the agent's like, well, click one of these buttons and see what happens. Click this button. And this water just sprays out of the toilet <gasps> straight into my client's face. Oh, no. And but she just stood oh, oh, oh. there. Out of the toilet. Out of the toilet. Because I guess it's one of these like it's one cleaning. of those butt cleaners. Yeah. What yeah. But how powerful? Was the toilet clean? <laughs> oh wait a minute. Wait a minute. Was your client standing I mean, up? Oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. How powerful is this? Is this like toilet? This like this a... butt cleaning toilet because it sprayed in your client's face. It was like it was like a, it was just a, it was a spray. I can't. Did it, you? did it hit you? It did not hit no. me. But the funny I mean, it was, it was funny. It okay, was funny. Did you laugh? But I called, yeah, I oh, laughed. Did. I did laugh because you're like, what do you do? But my client just stood there. She didn't move. She was just like, <laughs> so it just kept spraying at her. And it just didn't stop. And the agent's pressing all these buttons. And I'm like, move, move. <laughs> So funny. I was just did she like, go for the property? Did she go for it? Did she go for it? <laughs> she didn't. No, no. no. <laughs> she didn't go for that one. That's an amazing house. Okay. It was actually really cool. But I think, yeah, she'd be scarred by the toilet. Oh, what's, <laughs> the other, what's the other story? The other story 
was just like one of those days where you're just not having a good day and yeah. everything goes wrong. So I, sometimes I take them in a taxi if they can't get in my tiny little Peugeot. <laughs> uh, so this client, they had two babies with them. Bringing them on a home search, obviously, like, it's tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got to do what you've got to do. Yeah. So book them a taxi. The taxi didn't turn up. So I call them. Big London taxi agency. And I do love them. I'm not going to name them, but I do love them. <laughs> anyway, I called them. And the guy's like, because, you know, they give you, like, their number. Yes. Like, this person's coming to get you. Called him. And he's like, oh, I've already picked you up. And I'm <gasps> like, well, they haven't because I'm still stood here. So then I was like, right. We, they were like, we can't get you another cab for an hour. And I'm oh, like, no. well, we're going to miss all these viewings. So I can't do that. So I just hailed a black cab, said to the guy, like, I'll give you X amount of money cash. Like, please just take us around for the next six hours. And he was like, yeah, that's fine. Like, great. I was like, good. Right. Everyone jump in. Let's yeah. go. Got to the end of the day, like penultimate property. I just ran to the cash machine whilst my clients were looking around. My card got eaten by the cash oh, machine. No, no. And I'm like, what else would like to go wrong today? Like, are you joking? No. So then I had to call my boyfriend who was at a meeting in Mayfair to be like, can you bring me £250 cash? Please? <gasps> well, oh, at least you'd have to ask the clients if they could oh, pay I for know. it. I was like, I was like trying to make sure that this was totally normal and that they had no idea that any of this had gone wrong. Not the car being booked. Not, oh, not the money. So was that the same day as the spraying toilet? <laughs> no, no, oh, different okay. day. Goodness. Could you imagine? Oh, if the, and then they get sprayed in the face by toilet. Oh, my word. <laughs> But you pulled it off. That's the thing. You've got to remain calm, right? At all times. I feel like I'm one of those people that I'm like, yeah, everything's fine. It's great. But inside you're like, ah! (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, Lexi, that was brilliant. Thank you so much for speaking with us. We have learned so much. I'm gutted that I didn't meet your dog, Barley, today. Oh, I'm so sad that Barley isn't here. (laughs) But I look forward to meeting her at some point in the future. (laughs) Lexi, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. So thank you. (laughs) I really enjoyed that chat with Lexi, actually. And by the way, her outfit was tip top fantastic. Well, let's not talk about the outfits, but let's talk about her tips. Now, I loved her tip for renters to create a brief biography for prospective landlord. Mm -hmm. Now, highlighting their background and their reasons for moving, I think that's really clever. It's a great idea, yeah. And it could help them stand out as potential renters. Absolutely. And we'd like to express our heartfelt gratitude to Lexi for joining us. So thank you, Lexi. Now, don't miss our next episode featuring presenter and author Jeff Brazier. Until then, catch you later, Stuart. Take care, Scarlett.